evening. Our top story tonight, the AFC North is unsettled across the board at multiple positions. We're looking at Nick Chubb versus Jerome Ford. How much ground does Nick Chubb actually cede to the second year back? Who is the wide receiver one for the Baltimore Ravens? Is it Odell? Is it Rashad Bateman? Is it Zay Flowers? Is it Nelson Aguilar? What about the Browns? Who's the wide receiver two behind Amari Cooper? Is it Donovan Peoples-Jones? Or is it Elijah Moore? We've got all that and much, much more on Player Profiler today. As always, we will start with the quarterback, but there is not a lot to talk about at quarterback competitions in either Northern divisions. Last night, we did the NFC North. It was all backups, and this is kind of the same in the AFC North. We know that Mitch Trubisky is QB2, Mason Rudolph is QB3, both behind Kenny Pickett, and then when we go and look at the Cincinnati Bengals, it's Joe Burrow, Trevor Simeon is his backup, and... Browning, Jake Browning is not going to make the team. Pretty easy to decipher. The Ravens, a little bit more of a conversation. Apparently, Josh Johnson is making his case to be the QB2 behind Lamar Jackson instead of Tyler Huntley. Pro Bowl quarterback, Tyler Huntley, who did not deserve to go to the Pro Bowl at all. Didn't make any sense, but Ravens beat reporters are treating this as a real competition. And the Cleveland Browns are treating their quarterback, at least backing up Sean Watson, as a true competition. Josh Dobbs is the incumbent, spent time with Cleveland last year before Deshaun Watson came back from his suspension, went to the Tennessee Titans, ended up taking over from Malik Willis, and did a pretty damn good job down the stretch. So Josh Dobbs absolutely deserves a QB2 job in the NFL. Will it be for the Cleveland Browns, though? Because Dorian Thompson Robinson is breathing down his neck. The fifth-year pick out of UCLA, a mobile quarterback with a lively arm. This is the kind of backup that we love. He's going to take some time, going to need a little bit of seasoning, but Dorian Thompson Robinson as the backup would be a lot of fun. Regardless, though, if the Browns go to QB2, Josh Dobbs, Dorian Thompson Robinson, Helen Mond, I suppose, because he's technically still in Cleveland for now. Either way, that person will be handing it off a ton to Nick Chubb. How much will they be handing it off to Jerome Ford, though? Because we saw for a lot of years, Nick Chubb was not treated as the true bell cow that he has the potential to be. Kareem Hunt was used early and often in the passing game by the Cleveland Browns. There were times where Kareem Hunt was siphoning, siphoning touchdowns at the goal line. Nick Chubb would do all the work, get him down there, and then they put in the fresh back Kareem Hunt for the, the score. And now, finally, Kareem Hunt is gone. Does that mean Nick Chubb is going to just have the door opened and he's the bell cow well, we always wanted him to be? Is he going to be a 50 reception running back? I don't know. I know he's going to see an increase in touches, in opportunity, because Jerome Ford is going to see less than Kareem Hunt did, but he's still going to have a role. Nick Chubb isn't going to see 60 receptions. Maybe he flirts with 50, but he's not going to see 60. That's just not who he has been. That's not who the Cleveland Browns have allowed him to be. We keep hearing hype that the Browns absolutely love Jerome Ford, that they want him to get involved. And 
there's still the chance that they bring in a veteran as well. There's been rumblings of that, that the Browns will bring in perhaps Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette. And then, especially if it's Leonard Fournette, or if they bring back Kareem Hunt, that just creates another Kareem Hunt problem where Leonard Fournette is a better receiving back than Nick Chubb. I'm sorry, but it's true. And then he starts stealing third down work. So I love Nick Chubb. I absolutely hope and believe that Nick Chubb can be an RB1. He could be the RB1 if circumstances break right. But I agree with Theo. The RB4 price tag that he's starting to get in fantasy drafts is too high. He's never been higher than RB6. This is the year that he would break it, but it's just not the best bet to make. I would rather just wait with Nick Chubb being steamed up, take some more receivers because of the value at wide receiver if Nick Chubb's getting pushed into the first round. Second round, though, absolutely love Nick Chubb. It's just when he starts creeping into that first round, that's when I start having a problem with it. And if you want to know more about Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford, and all these other Position battles across the NFL. Player profiler is the way to do it. Podfather, take it away. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. And one of our key missions is to make as much statistics and information and deep analysis available on playerprofiler.com for free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business so please subscribe to the all-in package to continue to make all this possible if you can't do all in that's okay we have a draft kit we can just subscribe to the player rankings those now include tight end premium ffpc ranks our brand new data analysis package will blow your hair back and of course there's our dynasty deluxe and our dfs dominator Take a moment, check out our premium services to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. And if you sign up today, use promo code Jack for $10 off the all-in package. Save yourself some money while you go and make yourself some money during the NFL season. And... Continuing on with the running back position, it is another competition between J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards versus Justice Hill versus potentially a veteran back that they could bring in. And it's not so much a competition because J.K. Dobbins is the RB1, but is he going to get 70% of the opportunities like J.K. Dobbins clearly wants? J.K. Dobbins is very, very confident in himself. If you have ever listened to J.K. Dobbins speak, you know that the guy believes he can be the best running back in the NFL. And so he's going to be wanting 70% of the touches. We've just never seen that from the Baltimore Ravens, at least recently. And we haven't seen it from Todd Monken either. He At Georgia, they just rotated their backs constantly. That's why Kenny McIntosh had 40-plus receptions. James Cook had work, but he wasn't a full workhorse. Zamir White got work too. Georgia love to rotate their backs. And so I think it's more than likely we see a 50% snap share from JK Dobbins rather than a 70%. And that's going to frustrate him. And we know JK Dobbins already frustrated with the Ravens. He wants a new contract. He held out of mini camp. He didn't practice because he does still have lingering injuries. So he has the excuse that he's not healthy, but people believe it is because he wants a new contract. One he will not get before the season. 
So it's going to be interesting to see how much work J.K. Dobbins gets and how much Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and potentially any other veteran can siphon off. And the same case goes for Najee Harris. Jalen Warren has been an absolute star so far in OTAs and minicamp. He is rocked up. He's been working out. He's been lifting weights. He is looking good. He is looking fit. He is looking explosive. And those are all things that Najee Harris, well, Najee Harris is fit and he is looking good, but he is not explosive. That is one thing Najee Harris lacks in a, in a Steelers offense that really lacks speed and explosiveness. George Pickens is the fastest guy on this offense and he runs a 4-4. There's no 4-3 speed unless you count Calvin Austin, the wide receiver four. But Allen Robinson, he's not exactly a speedster. Deontay Johnson, that's never been his game. Najee Harris is a slow running back. He is a heavy workhorse, but he is not going to be ripping off explosive plays. So how much Jalen Warren do we actually see? Can it be a 60-40 split? Najee versus Jalen Warren? I would love to see that. The more Jalen Warren, the better, because he is so electric. And the Bengals are hoping for the same thing out of their RB too. Because right now, it's Joe Mixon getting all the work. They're saying that that, that Travian, Travian Williams, not Travian Henderson, they would love to have Travian Henderson in Cincinnati, but Travion Williams, back who was there for four years, hit free agency and re-signs with the Bengals. Didn't do anything in his four years with the Bengals, but a little bit of work at the end of the season this year has them thinking, oh, maybe he could be the new Samaj P. Ryan. We love getting a cheap RB2. Let's see if Travion Williams can be that guy. They also drafted Chase Brown, who has the athleticism, the explosiveness, the measurables to do it. I just don't know if he will. We all know about the struggles at the Senior Bowl. So Chase Brown overtaking Travion Williams on paper, it sounds like a slam dunk. But when you see how these coaches actually work, it's not that simple. Veteran deference goes a long way. And if Chase Brown is fumbling like he was at the Senior Bowl, it's going to be tough for him to overtake Travion Williams. Unfortunately, though, I think Chris Evans is going to get cut more than likely, or he'll be a practice squad player again. Chris Evans, clearly not well-loved by the Cincinnati Bengals. He's been on the bench pretty much his entire career as well. More than likely, Chase Brown beats out him. But at wide receiver, the Bengals are completely locked in. It's Jamar Chase, it's T. Higgins, and it's Tyler Boyd. The only conversation is, who's the wide receiver for? Is it Trenton Irwin? Is it Trent Taylor? Too many Trents on this team. Is it Andre Yoshivas? Is it uh, Charlie Jones? Charlie Football? I don't know who it's going to be to start the year, but it doesn't matter because all the Bengals receivers are healthy. And if anyone goes down, the target share is just going to be more consolidated to Jamar Chase or T. Higgins or both if Tyler Boyd is the one that is injured. So we know what's going on with the Bengals. It's not really fantasy relevant, the players behind them. But wouldn't it be fun to see Charlie Jones just get a little bit of work this year? And in Cleveland, Donovan Peoples-Jones versus Elijah Moore. That is a conversation. Elijah Moore has been getting schemed up in OTAs and minicamp, but it's shorts. It's practice in shorts. It doesn't really matter. Come training camp, when things start to get physical, that's when what we will see what the Browns are truly looking at. Either way, it's a coin flip, Donovan Peoples-Jones versus Elijah Moore. However, I think the Browns would prefer it to be Elijah Moore because Donovan Peoples-Jones is going into the final year of his contract. He will be a free agent after the season. They drafted his replacement in Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. 
So if the Browns have it their way, Elijah Moore will be the wide receiver two. Donald Peoples-Jones will be the wide receiver three. And Cedric Tillman will end up replacing him. But it's no slam dunk. We saw Elijah Moore playing himself out of favor with the New York Jets. The Jets, like the 49ers, are a weird team when they send players to the doghouse. But something to keep in mind, Donald Peoples-Jones might be a little bit underrated and Elijah Moore might be a little bit overrated at this point. As for the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, I know we all want George Pickens to see 150 targets. We want George Pickens to be an alpha. We want him to be a monster. But that really isn't who he was last year. And that's not who Kenny Pickett has shown himself to be so far. Deontay Johnson had more receptions last year, 87 receptions, than George Pickens had targets at 86 targets. That chasm of difference is very revealing. Now, I believe George Pickens will take a step forward. I believe he will command more targets, but it is extremely unlikely that as long as Deontay Johnson is there, George Pickens ends up unseating him as the wide receiver one. Just the ability for Deontay Johnson to command targets at the clip he does, that is a talent. I know people complain about the drops. I know people complain about the no touchdowns, but the targets for Deontay Johnson matter. Even if George Pickens was almost equally productive on those targets with, I think, 90 fewer yards and five more touchdowns, Deontay Johnson is a legit wide receiver one in the NFL. Just look at the targets. Targets matter. But what about the targets for the Baltimore Ravens? That is perhaps the biggest question in the AFC North. It is Rashad Bateman, the incumbent alpha at wide receiver. We all know Mark Andrews is the true alpha of the passing game, but we at Player Profiler have believed for a long time Rashad Bateman can be an alpha in his own right, but he hasn't been particularly healthy. He didn't practice during OTAs and minicamp because he got a cortisone shot in his foot. So those are bad signs, but the talent with Rashad Bateman is absolutely undeniable. The same can be said, though, for Odell Beckham. When Odell Beckham was healthy for the Los Angeles Rams, he was a touchdown machine. He's not going to be a wide receiver one week in and week out. I promise you that. Odell Beckham is going to be a three to eight target a game guy. He's probably going to have average 5.5 targets per game. It's what he does, and when those targets happen, it will be on third downs, it will be in the red zone. Odell Beckham will have a massive impact in real life. In fantasy, he'll have massive spike weeks. Two touchdowns for Odell Beckham. Those games will happen. Odell Beckham will have at least one 20-point game. I won't be surprised if he has two or three because of the amount of touchdowns he's going to be scoring. It's just the consistency from Odell Beckham that we're not going to see. We're hoping we see that from Rashad Bateman, but what about Zay Flowers? Can Zay Flowers end up being the wide receiver one? It'll happen some weeks, but other weeks, he'll be wide receiver three. He'll be wide receiver four behind Devin Duvernay. He'll be wide receiver five behind Nelson Aguilar. It's going to be a full-on rotation at wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. We are going to see wide receiver one games from all five of the wide receivers and That's not even counting Isaiah Likely because Isaiah Likely is a threat to all of these wide receivers because if Isaiah Likely is on the field, Mark Andrews has to be on the field. They're not taking Mark Andrews off the field. So that means 
if they have a running back, that only leaves two wide receivers. So that means probably Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham. But what if they want to stretch the field? They'll put Zay or Nelson Aguilar in. Nelson Aguilar has been practicing a lot with the first team because Odell Beckham has been working his way back slowly. Rashad Bateman not practicing. The Ravens offense is going to be an enigma entering 2023 and perhaps for the entirety of 2023. I wish I could tell you who the wide receiver one is going to be. I believe it is Rashad Bateman still. But even that, being the wide receiver one for the Ravens, is what five games is the actual wide receiver one on the team? I don't know. It is a tough world out there for fantasy gamers. For the Baltimore Ravens, this is a beautiful problem to have. The fact that you are almost too full of weapons at this point. It can never happen. You can never be too full with weapons. But the fact that you're going to have formations where Zay Flowers is not on the field because you've got Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, Mark Andrews, and Isaiah Likely. Yeah, that's a good problem to have. Just sucks for fantasy gamers sometimes. Moving on to tight end, though. And yes, it's not a competition between Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews. It is a conversation of how often they run two tight end sets and how often will Isaiah Likely send one of these wide receivers to the bench. For the other teams, though, we've got Irv Smith. Irv Smith is the starter for the Cincinnati Bengals, but... He hasn't really finished a whole lot of seasons lately. Has missed a full season in the past two years. And the depth behind Irv Smith, Devin Osiossi, Tanner Hudson, Nick Bowers. That's not a competition, but Irv Smith is not a three down tight end either. He is a move tight end. He is undersized. He is not going to be a dominant blocker. So is he going to start seeding snaps to Devin Asiasi, the third round pick by the Patriots a couple years ago, in blocking situations? I think Irv Smith, he's going to have some spike weeks, but the signing of Irv Smith is better news for Tyler Boyd and the wide receivers than any of the other tight ends. It really is. As for the Browns, it's a battle between Harrison Bryant and Jordan Akins to back up David Njoku. I would have thought Harrison Bryant would be the tight end one because he's or tight end two because he's done that job for a couple of years now. But some of these Cleveland Brown beat reporters, oh, well, Deshaun Watson loves Jordan Akins. Okay, but he doesn't know the system. And he played in a completely different system under Bill O'Brien and then uh, Levy Smith and then David Cully. Actually, it was reverse order for those two. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought there's no point in even really talking about it. Just this is why you tune into Player Profiler because sometimes things don't really make sense, even if they're not that important. We are here to tell you the truth. And the truth is, ah, this isn't a good pivot, but the Steelers tight end. It's Pat Fryermuth. He's tight end one. How often can Connor Hayward and Darnell Washington get on the field, though? Because Connor Hayward drafted last year as a fullback slash tight end. He's replacing Derek Watt. Darnell Washington drafted this year, but he's kind of a sixth offensive lineman. But... That's been Zach Gentry's job so far for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think the bottom line is no. Connor Hayward, Darnell Washington, not going to see the field enough to make a fantasy difference. Irv Smith, not going to, he's going to see the field enough, still not going to make a huge fantasy difference. And for the Baltimore Ravens, I wish I could, I wish I could just reveal the final stat line for all of these players. And that's the beauty of fantasy football is, 
Sometimes things are just completely unclear. I can give you all the information. You just have to decide for yourself who you think it's going to be.